listening to Office Politics, brought to you by BYOB Revolt. I first found Alexandra when I was designing my first shared space with my husband Jordan. I immediately fell in love with her imaginative yet approachable and affordable design style. The more I watched, the more I got to learn her story. You know, and contrary to what many of us would assume, Alexandra didn't go to school for design and she didn't have dreams of being the next Joanna Gaines necessarily. In fact, like me, she went to school or university, she's from Canada, for journalism. And like me, she wanted to be working at a high power magazine. Spoiler alert, those weren't really around by the time we graduated. And like me, she found herself in an unexpected career. And while I'm over here still figuring it out, she is a successful small business owner who seemingly took all of the right leaps of faith. Alexandra, first, like, thank you so much for coming on. I have been such a longtime viewer fan and I obviously feel like I know you and know Lottie and you know your whole apartment um so just thank you and one thing that I've always really loved about your story and your home decor style is how approachable and relatable and down to earth it is you're like imaginative but you're also I I I just feel like your story resonates and your home decor style resonates and that it's very attainable. And so one thing that always struck me about your story, not only do we both have journalism backgrounds and we both kind of like found our way into freelancing and entrepreneurship. um, I really, you know, one thing that you talk about is kind of like taking leaps of faith and taking opportunities, even if it didn't look like the most glamorous thing in the world. So Um, I want to talk about that, like, what's next step? I think a lot of graduates right now are like, what the hell do I do next? Um, I mean, grown adults are too, right? So do you remember that first big what's what's next question that you had to ask yourself? For sure. I remember that moment um, very distinctly, actually. So I had interned at, I had been an intern at Chatelaine Magazine. Um, Part of my journalism degree was to finish off your your four-year degree with an internship. And I had just finished my internship and I, um, they had hired me on as like a contractor. So in the art department. So they were like, okay, can you, can you come on? And, and they didn't really know exactly what I was doing or what they were going to have me do. Um, but I basically ended up assisting the home director at the time mm-hmm. at the magazine. And, um, I loved it. I was, I was so happy. I felt like I was, you know, finding a place in the world and using my skills, um, having just graduated. And then, about, I would say like two months after that, um, we had a huge shift at the magazine. So a new editor in chief came on and a lot of people were, were let go. Um, and things really started to change. I mean, publishing in Canada has for the last few years have been really up and down, but that was like a big moment at the magazine where 
everything was kind of changing. And um, I remember the editor in chief had pulled me aside and she said, so I'd like to offer you a full-time position. And that position was editorial coordinator, which is basically a glamorized (laughs) word for an admin, like assistant to the magazine. (laughs) And she had said, you know, there's really no, there's no assistant editor position. The the position you have been doing, um, we're really changing the structure. And if you want to stay, you're going to have to take, take that position. And I remember, um, you know, I, I remember feeling really, uh, down about it, which looking back, I'm like, okay, I was so young and I was being offered a full-time position. Like I should have been really grateful, but, and I, what I was grateful, but there was something in me that really was kind of heartbroken that I couldn't keep doing what I wanted to do. And I think that that was the moment where that, that moment when I look back was kind of a make or break for me. Like the kind of fork in the road that if I hadn't have taken it, I wouldn't be where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, for people who are graduating right now, it is such a tough time. And I, I can't really imagine how that would feel. But, but at the same time, I, I do remember that uncertainty and being like, what's next? Like, what, what is my career path going to be? You know, am I going to be an admin person? Like, <laughs> right. Like it just felt very confusing. Um, but the best thing about that position was I, I took it and I kept assisting the home editor at the same time. So I kind of formed this job for myself and kind of created this like this position that I could do it all. So I could have a full-time position, assist the editor-in-chief, but then also keep doing what I what I loved. And because I did that and because I kind of proved myself, when the home editor left about a year after that or eight to nine months later, I was promoted to the home editor position, which is kind of nuts. (laughs) Oh my gosh. First, I love that story so much because it actually resonates. Somebody in my personal life, I was telling them, you have to think big picture. And I have taken, like, I used to work part-time, not because I needed the money, but I used to work part-time at this co-working space that was very women-focused called The Riveter. And so I, and my husband was like, why you already work 60 hours a week. And I'm like, I just, I believe in the mission. And thank God I took that because it opened up so many doors. So I kind of want to dig a little bit deeper into that because it's something you always see in hindsight. Um, So I would love to know when you were taking on all those extra projects and making sure that that appetite was fed, did you know maybe in the back of your head it would lead somewhere or what? No, you're shaking your head now. So you're like... (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't. I just, I did what I loved and I loved, I loved assisting the home editor and I loved home decor and I, I loved fact checking and I loved writing. And so I think looking back, you know, that's the main piece of advice I can give is like, do what you love. And, and no, that wasn't my main job, but it was still fulfilling something creative within me. And I still felt like I was learning and growing. Whereas as an editorial coordinator, I didn't feel that way at all. Um, it, it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I think for me, at least, I don't know if you felt similar, but when I graduated, I kind of had this like, you know, I have, I have a degree, like I have an honors degree in journalism and I should be the next, you know, editor of Chatelaine. But looking back, I'm like, I didn't know anything. And experience is so valuable. 
um, oh during those kind of first years in the workplace. Absolutely. And to, to your point, yes, I was that person. I was like, I grew up watching like the Devil Wears Prada and I'm like, I am going to be <laughs> that woman, except a lot nicer. I always thought she was very mean in the movie, but, um, but I do also recall, um, once I graduated feeling like, oh my gosh, none of this experience matters. I just need to be a brand director. And my, my dad just being like, not only do you need to pay your dues, but all of this is really going to help you in the end. And I think about something I did on an internship. I used to have to create media lists. So for anyone who's not in public relations, basically it's like, okay, who are the people we can pitch and cold call? And now that I have a podcast, I'm so grateful for that experience. Some of the most boring, mundane, even just the way I do my expenses, I'm like, you know what? Thank God for that job I did not really care for or that internship that wasn't as glamorous as it appeared. I feel the exact same. And actually being an editorial coordinator of Chatelaine meant that I was assisting the editor-in-chief and I got to see a lot of like behind the scenes of like the politics, but also but also how things ran and her job and it really, like you were saying, like it really added to that experience and, and really added to what I do now in a way. Um, oh, yeah. it was so valuable and no, I didn't like it, but it was, it was so valuable. And I was really grateful because she also allowed me to kind of make the job what I wanted it to be mm-hmm. in a way. So as long as I was getting the stuff I needed to get done, she was kind of like, do whatever you want. But it definitely was like a few years of proving myself and, um, yeah. And in those moments, you're proving yourself um, because, again, I get to see probably the more polished version of you. So in my head, you're level-headed. You can see the big picture. And you're like, I don't, you know, you don't throw temper tantrums. Um, But because I do know myself and I, like these stress pimples that you're seeing are from like, I don't want it to be this way. And I just need to get out of my own way. So on those hard days where you're like, look, I know this is going to get me to point B, but damn it, if point A is not hard right now, how, what do you tell yourself on those hard days? Whether it was what you told yourself back then or what you tell yourself now? It's a really good question. Um, I think, you know, I, I think back to when I was, when I had just graduated and I, even when I was in university, I was so, driven and I had so many dreams for myself. And Mm -hmm. I remember feeling like really frustrated um, and and, like anxious. Like I was like, how am I going to get there? How am I going to land in this place? And I would not want to feel that feeling ever again, but I know that it's so common for a lot of younger people and younger graduates. But I think that feeling still comes up and I, I kind of just, I don't really think about what's next sometimes. I know that might sound strange, but I kind of just like go for it and just, and just do it. And I think that's something I've really tried hard. I have, I have anxiety as as well. And, um, it's something I've really, I'm really trying to like change in my life. And the way I think about things is, is really like living in the moment and appreciating, um, you know, a good work day and kind of moving on to the next day. Oh my gosh. I have to sit in that just appreciating a good work day, especially as an entrepreneur, because there is that like ebb and flow up and down. So that's really beautiful. And to kind of switch gears a little bit, that knowing that big picture um, and kind of 
trying to take those moments day by day. I would love to know, do you feel like you're someone who makes decisions more based off of logic or more based off of your heart and your feeling? I definitely think it's a bit of both, but I would say I definitely lead more with feeling. Um, yeah, I have a really, I, I have a very strong gut instinct. I've always had a very strong gut instinct and I, my mom taught me really young, um, to, to listen to that. And I think, you know, from everything from like creating content on YouTube, I always ask myself, is this something I would want to watch? You know, what, what are the creators that I love producing? Um, and is that something, you know, I would want to watch? I think in terms of bigger picture, I think what's gotten me so far in such a short time is really trusting my gut and feeling Mm -hmm. in my bones that it's a good idea. And I think, I think that's kind of what I meant before. Like I look back and I don't really think I thought logically really about starting my own business. I didn't sit down with a notebook and was like, okay, so in two years I'm going to have this and this and this. And I've really just kind of gone with it. And I think that that's kind of the secret to success that Mm -hmm. I found is doing what you're really good at and what you love and what you know best and just just doing it. And I think that there's of course there's so many business owners that have got have gotten so far because of logic, but I feel like when you're in a creative space you have to act on your gut and your feelings. Absolutely, especially with being a creative yourself. I and as a fellow creative, it's the decisions I've made on logic. Some of them have turned out great. But then I, a lot of the regrets I have is when I don't follow my gut or that passion. And it's so beautiful when you get to work in your flow. And clearly that's seemingly what you get to do every day. Yeah. And I, I'm, I feel so grateful every single day, really, like truly, I wake up feeling so excited and grateful, but that doesn't mean that it's not hard. And that doesn't mean that I wake up and just say like, la-di-da, I'm going to, you know, make over someone's bedroom. Like it's hard work. And a lot of my job these days is, um, you know, being a boss and managing the business and accounting and like all of that kind of stuff. But, um, but I think that in terms of like, yeah, doing what I love and how I've gotten to where I am. It was really just not even thinking about it really. And I know that sounds like very simple and get up every day and do what you love, but that's honestly what's gotten me to where I am. Oh yeah. One thing um, before we switch gears that you're touching on, I'm sure you're familiar with Casey Neistat. So his wife, Candace, um, she has a few interviews out there. And one thing she says, and I say it, to myself is don't treat everything like a precious decision or like you'll get nothing done. So sometimes it's just, all right, step one, done. Step two, done. And that's all you can do. So that kind of reminds me of that quote that I now live by. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think I've also allowed myself to have more flexibility and let's try this and let's try this. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. And um, that's how you like learn, you know, that's how you learn if something works or if it doesn't. Exactly. And you actually segue perfectly into something I am just personally curious about. Um, So obviously, you make over people's homes and you have these grand reveals. And of course, it looks simple. That's like editing magic, of course. But one thing I'm always curious because I'll have friends who are like, oh, can you redo my home? And I'm like, oh, but if home decor feels so intimate and working with clients, I think comes with a different set of challenges. Like, I don't want to disappoint. Sometimes you just have difficult clients. 
Um, what is that process like? And can you just kind of give a behind the scenes look and what it's like working with clients, especially on something as personal and intimate as home decor? For sure. I think when I started, I definitely had um, this major feeling of imposter syndrome. And so I remember um, producing these videos and like feeling really insecure about it and feeling really insecure about going into people's homes. Like they would ask me to come into their homes. And in the back of my mind, I was like, why are they asking me to decorate their homes? Which is ridiculous because so, but it's on, it's take, and like no one, I don't think would know that by looking at the videos, but it's taken me a solid two years, um, since I started my business to really feel confident, honestly, I would even say in the last couple of months, it's, it's really started I've, I've felt more confident in myself and my ability. Um, so at the beginning it was really tough. And at the beginning I would, um, working with clients is very intimate and it's difficult because I think sometimes clients have a very specific, um, vision, but because, you know, me and my production assistant, this is all we do. We like live and breathe home decor. We're, We're sending each other like, you know, pins all the time and Instagram photos and, we we're just surrounded by it. So we have a good sense of what works and what doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. and so I would say that's the biggest challenge of working with someone who maybe has a vision, but like, doesn't really know how, like, can't really see it all come together. If that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Um, so what I found, you know, recently is it's been really helpful when people approach me and they just have their full, tr- they give me like their, 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 all their trust. Right. And that's the best because I can really run with it. Um, but basically kind of start to finish what we do is we go and we scout a location. So we'll take measurements, we'll take pictures, we'll just chat with the homeowner about what's working for them, what's not working for them. And then I come up with a mood board. So products and colors and kind of how I see the room coming together. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I will work with the client to, um, you know, tweak things or alter things, but sometimes the most fun projects are when I can just run with it and oh, it's a awesome. full, it's a total surprise. Yeah. Oh, that is so great. <laughs> well, it always turns out beautifully. In fact, um, I just painted our kitchen like a it came out a little more minty than sage, but I remember you did like a laundry room makeover. Yeah. And that was the first time I'd seen that color. And I was like, I think I like that. Whoa. And now we I just did it. And for anyone who is home decoring on a budget, I just got a sample size. Yes. Because I think I've seen you you say that or do that. And then because yeah. it was just one wall. So I think I paid like four bucks for it. And we still have some left over. And I now I have this like, you know, new statement wall in the kitchen. I and that. <laughs> yeah. That. So you have like really helped us out a I'm lot. So, so um now here is a personal question I have for you. I know I keep, you know, giving you compliments, but it really is like, I watch so many YouTubers, but you really are one of the ones where once you hit my subscription box, I'm like, okay, let me see what she's doing. And you really seem to have just this warm down to earth, approachable, like spirit about you. And, you know, I'm just curious how you keep, how you stay so grounded. I feel like fame, you know, which I'm sure you don't feel like an internet celebrity (laughs) by any means, but you know, I know fame can change people or just, um, here, I'll kind of be a little bit vulnerable. At one of my last corporate jobs, I started to gain status within the company and I started to see myself change and see my ego change. And so I very quickly had to check myself because I didn't want to become someone who 
I wasn't proud of or, you know, become someone who made me feel small when I wasn't powerful. So um, I know that's one thing as I get older, I'm constantly trying to find ways to remind myself where I come from and to remain humble. And I would love to know if that's something that you're intentional about. Um, It feels very natural, but I also know everything probably takes intention. (laughs) Yeah. I talk to my mom about this a lot because um, I think the, the kind of strangest thing for me is when people like you compliment me and say really nice things or I'll bump into people, you know, when I'm out and about. And, um, it's always this moment that I'm like, like, I, I kind of dissociate from it. Like, I don't, like, I, I don't really feel that. Um, I don't know. I don't really, it just feels so foreign and so strange. Um, and I, I do, I kind of like remove myself from it. And I think that's honestly, why I don't feel any of those things. Like I don't, and I, and the reason that I feel, I guess, like grounded and, um, and I also feel like that it is intentional because I think that that's what makes me relatable. And that's the whole kind of the brand really is if I can do it, you can do it. And I don't know. I think, I don't know if that answers the question, but my mom and I always talk about that. And I just say like, I don't feel like I'm influencing people or I don't, you know, people can say like, Oh, you've helped me so much. And I'm like, Oh, like that's, that's really great. And I fangirl over other YouTubers and I just don't see myself as one of them. Um, so that really helps me, I guess, focus on what I love to do. And it always comes back to that. Mm -hmm. Like, I just feel so lucky and so grateful to, to get to do what I do. And that's really what drives me every day. It's not subscriber counts or money or, um, views. It's, it's not, it's really not it's not that, um, it's doing what I love. And yeah, those things are just like great things that come with the job. (laughs) That's incredible. Well, in saying doing what you love, it's clearly home decor and being creative. And one thing that I know we talked about offline that I'm curious about is, you know, this isn't my first rodeo freelancing, although I've learned so much since the last time I did it. So I'm, I'm loving it so much more this go round. But the first time I left it was, well, A, um, we're in America, so I needed health benefits because I was getting off of my parents. But B, it was because I kind of like burned myself out on like doing what I love all day, but for other people that I had no time to like do it for myself. And so I know that's one thing going back to intentionality that I'm doing this time. Um, do you just ever get burnt out on, you know, grow pillows and yes. I don't know, minimalism <laughs> all the time. I mean, maybe not, maybe not throw pillows. I, I always throw <laughs> pillows, but no, um, no. something I've really tried to be more intentional about the past three months is, and actually the, the pandemic really shifted the way I think for, for all of us um, really shifted the way I approach my work. And mm-hmm. in March, when this kind of all started March and April, um, I was working like, 15 hour days. And which was on one hand, I was like, I felt so lucky, right. To have a job and to be, and to be doing what I do. But then on the other hand, it was, I was not in a great spot, um, waking up every day at, you know, 9am and like looking at my computer and then sitting here until 10pm at night was just not fun. Um, and so for me, it's really important to take 
weekends off. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's something I've started doing recently, but it really has helped me. Um, And I, I don't think about work. Like I just don't think about throw pillows. I, I don't think about, you know, how I want to style my next room. I really try and create a divide and that's been really helpful. That is awesome. And behind that divide, um, I know you're a cat lady, so I know it, you know, part of it's cats. What else is behind that? Like, what else do you like to do outside of work? I love to read. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I love to just like hang out with my friends and, um, you know, have dinner parties. I mean, I can't really do that right now, but like just, (laughs) I, yeah, I, I love the outdoors. So I love going camping and cottaging. That's where I feel most, I would say, able to turn off is when I go up north in Canada it's like very woodsy and it's like all the stereotypes that I feel like Americans have of Canada log cabins like all of that (laughs) um but yeah that's definitely in the summer that's what I what I love to do is just like get away or take a road trip up north for the day um yeah that's awesome oh I love that are you reading anything right now or did you just finish anything that you'd recommend yeah I'm reading um I'm, I have a couple books on the go, but a book I'm reading right now is a memoir. I love memoirs. Um, oh, yeah. It's by Manon Matthews. It's she's a she actually is an influencer, and I don't usually read books, yeah, um, from like by influencers. But it's been really mm-hmm. interesting to get it, like a glimpse into her world and. I'm so fascinated by how other, like other influencers, you know, lives and how they run their businesses and, um, yeah. Completely, completely. What does she influence? <laughs> she so she's a she started out on Vine. She's a comedian. <gasps> what? Yeah, okay. but it's she been really interesting. Has... To, you know, she has this presence that's like so bubbly and so funny. But her her book is really about like her struggles, and she just recently went through a divorce. And like mm-hmm. seeing that kind of side of it is really interesting. Oh yeah, like. Do you follow Liza Koshy at all? I know her name, but I, oh, oh yes, no, of course I do. Yes. Yeah. So I remember when she kind of opened up more about mental health and it's so, I mean, as somebody who has mental health struggles, although I feel like I'm in a great space, I mean, earlier this year, it was horrible. Um, So it is really interesting that mask, I call it a mask, um, how you can be so bubbly and entertaining, but behind the scenes, you know, sometimes we are dealing with some, some heavy, heavy stuff. And I think that kind of goes back to answering your question that you had before is like, how do you stay grounded? And I think, um, how I approach my, my job is like, it's just a, it's a job for me. And when I'm sitting in front of the camera, like yesterday, yesterday I was filming something and I was talking to my mom about something that's been going on and I was really upset and I was, I was crying and just talking it out with her. Mm -hmm. And then I literally 10 minutes later sat down from the camera and was all bubbly. And so I have the ability to like turn it on. Not that it's, and it's not that it's not genuine. It's very genuine. It's just, I'm, I think that's something that is really helpful is I'm able to separate my actual life with, you know, how I present myself on YouTube. And, and I think the version of myself on YouTube is like the best version of me. Right. And it's not disingenuine. It's, it's just best, you know, version of myself. Um, and so allowing myself to have that separation is really helpful. I think. Oh, I love that. I'm going to ask you such a random girl question. Um, are you into the Enneagram at all? No, though people keep telling me it's a test, right? To do this test. Yeah. 
Yes, I'm a total personality quiz geek. So, I mean, I'm not going to bore you, but I was going to ask what your Enneagram is. But I'm a four-wing three, and the threes we talk about, like having to turn it on and off. So I'm going to have to take that after this call. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just to kind of, uh, we're going to do our industry rapid fire, and then we'll get into like where everyone can keep up with you. Um, So what is the biggest misconception about your industry? (laughs) That it's so glamorous. <laughs> you should and that see. everyone's a millionaire and yeah. like yeah. And they live in these like beautiful homes. Actually, fun story. We're really gonna like ground it. I was saying so <laughs> yesterday I I have this big rug in my living room. Well, it's no longer here, but um I have this massive like shag rug. It's this Moroccan rug and um my cat peed on it yesterday. And <laughs> Alana, my production assistant, and I were like hauling it down the stairs and I was just laughing to myself because I'm like People just think it's so glamorous. They think my living room is beautiful. And yet it smells like oh, cat pee. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the glamorous <laughs> life of the rich and famous. So, yeah. now, what is your least favorite part about your industry? That's such a good question. I love this question. Um, my least favorite part is, I think, this expectation from people in the industry that you have to have a degree to be, to be, you know, a designer, be good at what you do. And I think that there's a really big divide between people who have been in this world for a long time and new people like me who are entering. And I think that there's a spot for both of us and all of us to like co-mingle. Um, but I would definitely say that I think it can be sometimes a little bit unapproachable. Absolutely. I love what you just said that we can all co-mingle. Um, you know, I think there's a plenty of things we can say about technology that has like kind of ruined us. But one thing I love is that it has kind of, in some ways, even the playing field just a little bit. Yeah. And you can, you know, if you're an actor, you can find different avenues and outlets, but I can absolutely see where there might be a, you know, a snobbery for lack of a better word. And I love what you said about all of you co-mingling because you both can offer different things. And yeah. And it took me a long time to realize that. And that totally was part of my imposter syndrome. But once I realized that I have a spot too, everything kind of just unfolded. Oh, I love that. I have a spot too. Yes. I try to always say, I, um, I heard something once like occupy this, occupy your space. So you have a spot too. Awesome. Now, what is the best thing about your industry? The best thing I think about YouTube and home decor is being creative. And, you know, as much as my job is managing and business and all of that, um, so much of it is being creative. And I love just like walking through stores and, you know, finding new products and colors and just like, just like chatting with Alana every day about what we're going to do next. Like it's just the, it's just the best. And it's, and it feels like the possibilities are kind of endless sometimes. Oh, for sure. And it's like ever evolving. And that's really fun. Yeah. And then my last question in the rapid fire is, what is the hiccup or failure that you would never change about your journey or that you're grateful for? This is like a whole other story, but um, definitely <laughs> getting let go from my from my job at Chablain as the home editor after my video series had just gone viral. It was the most devastating, probably moment I've had in my 
my life. The, my, the video, but the last, the second last video we produced hit 3 million views and I was let go. <laughs> um, and I'm speechless because my mouth is a gate. Like, <laughs> yeah. I and, didn't know that. Yeah. And I felt like I had lost, um, everything I had built. We had been filming the home print for a year and suddenly I had lost everything and I didn't have a job and I didn't have a vision. And, um, that's how I started my own YouTube channel. That's where it all kind of began. Um, so yeah, that's, <laughs> that's I definitely would not change that. Okay. And that kind of almost touches on everything else you've touched on about like opportunities presenting itself, but even how things can seem so glamorous. You think, oh, I just went viral. I must be on top of the world. Yeah. And then you were let go. And I was for a week and then I was let go. Yeah. It was, um, it was a wild time. And the the hardest part for me was when I was let go, like, you know, the producers, the editors, the videographers, they all were also let go. And I, and I didn't have money to pay them. And, um, so, so that moment in my life was, was really like, what do I do now? Um, and it goes back to your first question. The thing I did was I woke up and I just, I just did it. I just did it. Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, certainly I hope to one day have you on for a part two and we can get into that, but <laughs> yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole is, other podcast. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm happy we brought it full circle. Now, before we go to our commercial break and then we do some fun, our fangirl corner, I just want to know where can people find you and what is coming up next for you, Alexandra? Yeah, so people can find me on YouTube, just my name, Alexandra Gator, um, or on Instagram at Alexandra Gator. Um, I post videos every Wednesday and Saturday. Um, and some exciting things are actually coming up next, hopefully, fingers crossed. So I'm actually um, very soon, hopefully, signing a lease for a new studio, which is so exciting. So there's going to be a whole series dedicated to renovating the studio and making it the most beautiful pink office ever. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. I mean, I know pom-poms are going to be involved, right? Oh, and there's also, yes. And there's also going to be a swing. <gasps> like a swing in the middle of the office. Shut up. Okay. Oh, I'm going to make sure to send you a video um, <laughs> because there's this girl on My Sweet Digs and it's called like the Funky Loft. Yes, and she has her. A... I know her. Yes. You know she has her? a swing. I mean, I don't know her personally, but I, I follow her too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, like dream home. <laughs> Awesome. And then any other things you want to plug before this commercial break? Um, I'm actually doing a TED Talk um, on October 7th, and it's going to be live streamed. And that actually really digs into what we kind of were just talking about, losing my job and um, really like seizing the opportunity. And I talk all about how I overcame like a really big hurdle after going viral and then losing everything. So, um, yeah, I, it's a ticketed event, but the tickets are obviously limitless because it's online. Um, and there's amazing speakers that day, like incredible speakers who have overcome so many obstacles in life. And I think it's really timely right now. Um, so yeah, I would definitely suggest people come to that event. Absolutely. Well, great. Now we are going to get part two of that story. So that's perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we're going to go to a commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to do Fangirl Corner. And I'm going to ask Alexandra all of my favorite home decor questions. As a career coach and writer, I get a lot of the same questions from my clients and my friends, which is... 
how did you go out on your own, become a full-time freelancer, and how can I do it too? And while I will be the first person to preach that no two journeys are the same, I do think there are some tried and true steps in order to ensure success as you go out and become your own boss. And everything I learned, I learned from the best. It's Jennifer Fitta. But I'm not alone. There's over 100,000 other people who trust her, as well as 30 institutions. I'm talking professors, y'all. Like, people with doctorates. So... You know that I'm in good company and in good hands. If you want to learn some tactics and strategies or you just want to understand how the hell business works, but you don't feel like getting an MBA, which, by the way, you don't need one of those to be successful, despite what some people in industries will tell you, then great. Head on over to BYOBrevolt.com. There, it's an educational platform. There's an online community. You can even pick up her book, with the same name, Be Your Own Boss. There's a shop. That's where I get my no five-year plan shirt that a lot of you guys love on Instagram. Either way, there's something for everyone. So take a little peek. And if you see something you like, I have a special offer code for y'all. 25% off site-wide. Just use the code OfficePolitics, one word. Again, whether it's a t-shirt, a book, something else, just make sure to save yourself 25%. You use the code Office Politics. And hey, do me a favor. When you buy your book or your shirt or you join the online community, please, please, please give me a shout out on social media. I would love to start a conversation with you, see what you're learning, see what's working for you, and keep that dialogue going. All right, guys, back to the show. Okay, Alexandra, so we're back. Look, I'm so glad that we did all of the, the heavy conversation. Now we get to do the light and fun and talk about home decor and throw pillows and pom-poms. So when did you realize you had a vibe? <laughs> I realized I had a vibe. Um, <laughs> when, I love this. I love this question. Um, so when I was producing the home print, I kind of subconsciously developed this thing for pom-poms. Like they just kind of appeared in every video. And I remember my, my good friend joy and one of the videographers on that series was kind of like, maybe we should like lose the pom-poms. Like maybe <laughs> just like tone it down a bit. And she was like, I just feel like, you know, you could reach more people. And, and I was like, no, but I love the pom-poms. Um, and it's funny because after she said that it kind of became a thing, like people associate me with, with pom-poms. So I would definitely say that's when I realized I had a vibe. <laughs> when I became I associated it. with pom poms, she and was like, stuck. "Stop trying to make fetch happen." And you're yeah. like, "Girl, it happened. It that's happened. It's happening. We're gonna go with it." <laughs> <laughs> and live. Um, oh, now here's a question I have for you. Um, free consulting. So I've told you offline. Obviously, I have a husband, Jordan. We we found a way to like merge our styles when living with a partner. Any like tried and true rules just to avoid fights over shelves and colors yeah. and things of that nature. Well, I'm really excited because um, about the fact that I don't live with anyone right now because <laughs> it means that I can just keep everything pink and beautiful and yes. pom-pommy. Um, but <laughs> what I will say is I think it's really important to come up with some sort of like vision board, um, whether that be you know on Pinterest or on Photoshop, some kind of like board where you can both see everything clearly. 
you know? And I, I feel like talking it out sometimes just isn't the same as actually seeing it visually. And I think it's a really great way to both collaborate on, you know, can we lose the purple couch, but like, Oh, I really like this pink print or let's do a dark and moody accent wall. And like your pink couch will totally pop against that. Like I think that there's ways to have both and seeing it come to life and working together collaboratively can really help. For sure. And I know you are an Ikea girl. So do you use their app where you can kind of see what the piece of furniture is going to look like? Yeah, that's been a game changer. There's also apps like that for um, paint as well. So you can actually, (gasps) yeah, you can actually like see what a paint color is going to look like on the wall. Um, I just, it's so much better than, than, especially when there's two people involved, right? Like trying to talk it out and you gotta, you gotta see it. I am living proof, (laughs) y'all. You do have to see it. You can't just talk it out. (laughs) And now we're going to play a little game, like or swipe. And I'm just going to like... That's so cute. (laughs) Thank you. So I'm just going to say a little trend and just say like or swipe. Swipe is you're swiping left. You're not into it. Liking it. You're double hearting it. And you are here for it. Got it. Yes, you've got it. Neutral rainbows. Like. Tuxedo cabinet. Mm, swipe. <laughs> oh, I'm offended. I love it. My landlord won't let me, but you know what? That's okay. We can all live in, you know, the frame TV. Um, like times a thousand. Yes. Yes. And uh, behind the and scenes. You need to convince your husband that you need fun. Yes. No, he was like, it does look really good. So behind <laughs> the scenes, I've been begging Jordan, my husband, for the frame TV. And he's like, no, it's too expensive. We don't need that. And I'm like, but it's, it <laughs> solves all the problems we have. And when setting up, uh, we saw Alexandra's and I, I think I have nudged him close. He might be <laughs> like, girl, because I've also been like, do you think we should get like an echelon bike or something? So he'll probably be like, you need to pick. But girl, I will pick <laughs> the frame TV every day of the week. It's very so. beautiful. It's beautiful. How much is the subscription again for the art? Um, It's not that expensive, but I actually don't even use a subscription. I download my own art. So I buy art on Etsy. Yeah, like downloadable artwork. Um, And then I resize it on Photoshop and then you just send it to the TV. So you can do anything. Okay. So you don't even um, need the subscription. See, that's (laughs) another pro. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) open shelving. Oh my gosh. Like. Yes. Pom poms, like love, of course, love, love right? What a subway tile. Um, uh, like though, I'm really into more like colorful, you know, yeah. different like shapes and yeah, different colors yes. and patterns of tile. Absolutely, honeycomb tile. Yes, honeycomb tile, and like Moroccan inspired tile. Yes, I I really feel like I'm seeing more of a Moroccan influence, and that's yeah. making me super happy. But subway tile is always like a classic, safe, yes. timeless option. I love that. And then mixing and matching like brass and silver metals. Um. Ooh, I'm gonna have. Mm, I'm gonna. Mm, I'm gonna swipe. I'm mm, gonna swipe. I understand. I'm gonna swipe. <laughs> I'm gonna, girl. It's okay. You know. <laughs> And that is like our swipe, ladies and gentlemen. You did great. And then the final, final thing is we're going to do our little Cosmo quiz. I call it the icebreaker quiz, but we do it at the end. So the best title I have is A, YouTuber, B, Interior Designer, C, Cat Lady, or D, Pom Pom Aficionado. (laughs) 
<laughs> Can I say all of the above? Yes, of course. <laughs> all of the above, but I would say, but I would say probably A. Okay, cool. Yeah. I like that. Oh, I thought you were going to pick cat ladies. So that's no, perfect. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we are going to do love, Mary kill. So cherry wood cabinets, shag carpeting, the color black. Oh my gosh. Um, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to say kill cherry wood cabinets. <laughs> Never, ever. Um... <laughs> I'm going to marry, wait, it was shag carpets. And what was the other one? Um, the color black. Okay. Ooh. I'm going to marry shag carpets. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like okay. they're having, like they're having a, they're having a comeback. Yeah. You know what? We'll bring it back. Yeah. There we <laughs> go. I like it. And, and then, then you are just going to love the color black. Yeah, like the it. color black, I feel like is such a, I feel like it's, it, I feel like it's also coming back in terms of like cabinetry and totally. statement walls. Like people are really, ex- but I don't think you'd want to, ma- I don't think you'd want to marry that. I don't think you'd want to yeah. have an accent, like a black accent wall in your house forever. Ooh, no. And especially um, you're in Canada where it rains a lot, or at least in Vancouver it does. So well, in the winter yeah. it's pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if you could have dinner with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Um, just because she just released an album and I'm obsessed, I'm going to say Taylor <laughs> Swift. Oh, girl, can I crash your dinner party? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, but you. honestly, I really would want to ask her. I, I really think she's such a smart businesswoman. Not to like yes. gush about Taylor Swift, but um, I, w- I have so many questions for her. Like I wouldn't just oh. like fangirl. I mean, that would be a large part of it, but I'm just so fascinated by her brand and her business. And she's very, she's very smart. Oh, absolutely. Or just the fact that, um, since I know you're a Swifty, how she used to line her like album lyric pages with like clues and yeah. just, she's always been really strategic. So I'm with you. And then what are you guys going to be eating during this dinner? We're definitely going to be eating sushi from my favorite sushi yeah. place in Toronto, which is called Sushi on Floor. I've been Ooh. eating there for probably like 20 years. <laughs> oh my god what's like your go-to roll um I would say just like a veggie roll sweet potato Yum. tempura and avocado oh my god did you say sweet potato yeah you got, you Yum. Don't I don't think I've ever had a sweet potato soup and I love sushi I mean mm-hmm. it's like not that great in Dallas so we have it more when we're like traveling but right. that's so awesome and then the biggest misconception about me is what the biggest misconception about me is oh my gosh I'm gonna take like the longest pause I have to think about this I don't know um I think the biggest misconception is that I I'm not I uh you know what I would say a lot of people don't realize that um I am very anxious (laughs) yeah (laughs) like they think I'm just calm and cool and collected (laughs) Yes. And, but I love that you're being so open about it and hopefully that can help normalize it. And yeah, that's like perfect. And then the best piece of career advice I've gotten is the best piece of career advice I have gotten is to try absolutely everything and not to like pigeonhole yourself into one thing. Um, I think again, like that's what's kind of landed me here today is I never thought I would be doing this but at the yeah. same time, it makes so much sense. Um, 
considering like all the other things I've done and it's everything I've done and all my passions have kind of led me to here. I love that. And the very, very final one is imagine you see someone, she is a recent college grad. She's a little confused. You can even think of your younger self. What is, um, in one, one or two sentences, what would you love to say to her right now? I would love to say that, um, nothing is too small, uh, you know, to, it might just starting, starting whatever you're passionate about, whether it's starting a blog and if it seems really small and mundane and no one's reading it to just keep going, um, starting a small business, you know, again, like it might seem really silly and who's going to buy your product. Um, but really, honestly, it's just to start it and just to do what you love and to do what you're good at and just to keep doing it every single day. I love that. Oh my gosh. Just start it. Just do it. Yeah. I love it. Alexandra, thank you so much. You've been such a pleasure and I am so happy that you agreed to come on. And I know that you have like already inspired so many other people. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. (laughs) Thank you.